Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. I'm feeling great as always. It's getting warmer outside. We're not going to get snow, then it might as well just be warm outside so we can start being outside. And we're getting close to some action. Like people are getting cut, you know, (laughs) which is kind of sad to say, but people are getting cut and we're getting close to that deadline. So I'm starting to feel good. All these thoughts that I've been having for months now about what could happen. I can finally start actually seeing stuff happen. So that's how yeah. I'm feeling. How about you? I'm doing good. Um, one, of, one of our friends from church, Phil, he told me that I should mention this on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, Saturday, I played Todd in our Madden 21 franchise <laughs> oh, Super Bowl. He was the Ravens. I myself was the Washington football team. And I beat him in the, I beat him in the Super Bowl, 41 to 21. <laughs> You just you had to bring that up, didn't you? You just had to bring that up, didn't you? I was I wasn't thinking about it till Phil brought it up. So I'm gonna get on Phil about that for sure. Uh, you know, I thought you know we keep that part of our lives separate. <laughs> Man, you got me. I had a plan. So so Tay's team on there is is completely just stacked. Troy Apke is an 80 with his like 95 speed. Click Hudson is an 80. He's got Von Miller on defense. He has uh, Terry McLaurin's a 99, I think. Calvin uh, Chase Young's a 99. Calvin Ridley's his other receiver. He's got uh, Jordan Love at quarterback, right? Um, and then his offensive line. His, his team is overall very good. So his team was better than mine. I had the Ravens. I got Lamar. I got Marquise Brown, who are 99s. But defensively, I was struggling. And so I knew the plan. The plan was to keep the ball away from you to run the ball so that I couldn't, you know, have to worry about the D line too much and to just play mistake free football, which I was doing. I was yeah. doing it. Well, I couldn't stop your running game, but no. I was keeping the ball from you. I had the ball for the entire for- first quarter, basically. And then I was in the red zone. Then I said, mistake free football. And I scrambled. And then I threw the dumbest ball. And you know sure. how it's, it's especially with having Lamar, you realize how frustrating it is uh, to scramble and try to throw because wherever the receiver is while you're scrambling, he's going to go the complete wrong way. Yeah, and the quarterback's going to throw him, throw it there. So he's going to be on the sideline. And instead of staying there, he's going to run back inside where everyone is, that sort of thing. It's all he was, Marquise Brown was in the back of the end zone. I'm trying to float it up to him, but instead he runs forward. Anyway, it was a stupid decision. I shouldn't have thrown it. And after that, it was game over. Yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't do anything. So whatever, man. 
Congratulations, yeah, the, I guess. The game, yes. the game plan was good. I'm not going to lie. I was a little worried. But once you do that pick in the red zone, that's when it, that's when it changed. Uh, yeah. I'll tell you, in that league, unfortunately, I can't be a, a Washington football team fan. I, yeah. I, I just, you know, I'm a, I'm a Ravens fan in that league. because, And the only reason, for anyone listening, the only reason I don't have the Washington football team is because Tay has the Washington football yeah. team. Okay, so it's not – I mean, I would have – I would have been fine doing the rebuild, but since you had him, I was like, well, give me a team with the quarterback then. I'm not going to rebuild for fun. I want to win. But you did a good right. job rebuilding them. So congratulations. And uh, uh, maybe we'll meet again this year. So on to the real stuff. <laughs> Hold on. This show is brought to you by oh, yeah. Hot Chicken Kitchen. <laughs> Thanks for reminding it. me. Try it out. It's my first time saying this. Right, right. Hot Chicken Kitchen. Try it. Man, we try to make a habit of going at least every other Saturday. I think we're going nice. this Saturday. So awesome. the food, the chicken sandwich is good. We've yes. tried other Nashville chicken sandwiches in the area, and nothing compares to it. Nice. Try yeah. it, hot chicken kitchen. You love it. Yeah, check them out. Um, I, we would love to do stuff there. Like we would love to. You know, it's obviously off season now, so there's no games going on. Um, and then COVID obviously makes things more difficult. But like we would love to do like a draft party there. But aside yeah. from COVID, they close at like nine. So yeah. it kind of makes it tough. And I mean, we could maybe try to talk to them about it, but COVID again. So we'll see. But um, but it is very good. Uh, so and, and, and thank you for for filling in the gap there, the void that I left by not bringing it up. Uh, tag deadline is supposed to end tomorrow at four, but there's a chance it'll get pushed back a couple of days because the salary cap has not been set because the TV deals have not been fully agreed to. So hopefully it's tomorrow, but we'll see. But what is for sure happening a week from now is the beginning to the uh, the not legal tampering. That's not really that's what people say. That's not right. But it's the uh, negotiation window. Right. That's when free agency it it unofficially starts. That's when they start talking and deals start becoming agreed to on Monday and yeah. Tuesday. And then Wednesday is when it's like, hey, we agree to this deal. And we're signing the paper now. So Monday we can start actually, you know, like like staying active on our phones. Like you don't want to like refresh constantly because anything could pop up at any moment. Yeah. And uh, speaking of, so we for this episode we had Benjamin Albright, who's an NFL insider. You know, he said he doesn't like that term as much, or at least not used to not like that term, but he is an NFL insider because he pretty much knows everything going on inside the NFL. And he answered a ton of questions for us about everything going on around the league, about the quarterbacks. Obviously, you know, a good portion of those questions for us pertain to Washington, Brandon Sheriff, and Darnold, another quarterbacks trade, free agency moves and, and whatnot. And so he was and a great. surprise, a surprise uh, starter at quarterback. Right, right. Prediction. Prediction. For 2021. Yeah. For and we'll leave it at that. We'll leave it at yeah. that. We won't comment wow. on it at all. But but he did have one that doesn't get talked about a lot. So yeah, you know, love it or hate it, but that was he had a thought on it. <laughs> yeah. So it was a good conversation. We appreciated his time. Um, and I think that's pretty much all we've got to cover. Uh, we can go into the interview if you have anything else to add, Tay. Nope, that's it. So let's go into our interview with Benjamin Albright. If you love a good chicken sandwich, you have to go to Hot Chicken Kitchen in Woodbridge, Virginia. They are a minority-owned, veteran-owned small business, and they've brought Nashville-style hot chicken to the D.C. area. Their chicken sandwich is one of the best you'll ever have, and you can't get it anywhere else. Hot Chicken Kitchen in Woodbridge, Virginia. Look them up. Try it out. You won't regret it. 
we are delighted to be joined by NFL insider Benjamin Albright. When Benjamin talks, if you follow him on Twitter, if you listen to his stuff or watch him anywhere, you know that when he talks, you should make sure to listen. So thank you so much for joining us. Oh, anytime, guys. Anytime. Appreciate it. We're going to just get right into some questions about, you know, the new league year that's going to be starting free agency. So my first question for you, Ben, uh, talk of the town is it's going to be crazy. It's going to be a massacre this next week leading up to it. Uh, do you do you feel like it's going to be as crazy as people are talking about or it'll be a bit more mellow, maybe slightly above average? Oh, we always say that every year it's going to be crazy and, you know, said the other. So I don't know that it's going to be uh, there's there's definitely some constraints this year with the salary cap being diminished. It's going to change a few things. Um, but but I don't think it's going to be a, a complete bloodbath like they're projecting. I, I think that um, really what's going to happen is the top tier guys, a few of them will take some cuts. Some of them won't. Uh, the belt tightening is really going to happen with most of the mid tier guys. You know, those guys aren't going to who normally would have a robust market, aren't going to have as big a market. So there's going to be some deals to be found you know, in that kind of area. So bottom tier guys are still going to be bottom tier guys. Um, but at the end of the day, I think they think those mid tier free agents, you know, the, the C plus guys are, are the guys that are going to feel this one. Got you. Okay. Good day. Oh yeah. So obviously we don't know the cap yet. So uh, I think they're trying to figure that out by today. So as far as franchise tag, um, who do you think gets tagged? Well, we already know that Justin Simmons is getting tagged. Um, right. So we, we already know that's that's happening. Uh, I think Dak Prescott's going to get the tag as well. Um, so, I, you know, I know there's that one there. Uh, beyond that, man, there's a bunch of decisions to make just because that, that cap tightening. And I think the number is going to end up being 186. Um, but just with the cap tightening, it's going to be uh, it's going to be tough to. Uh, to, you know, to nail that down. Some people that would, would otherwise would tag people won't do it because um, that, you know, they don't want to have that much tied up in one player uh, at this particular point in time when they think they can get better or, you know, basically what you do is a cost benefit analysis. You look at the market and you say, okay, I can get 90% of the production for 60% of the salary. Boom. I got to do it. So uh, that that's kind of, that, that's kind of where you're at with that. I, I don't think that there's um, I don't think there's going to be any shocks or surprises. I think anybody that, that gets tagged is, is something we've all expected um, and, and for obvious reason, because they want to get a long-term deal done. Right. Okay. So, so I follow that up with Brandon Sheriff in Washington. Do you think he gets tagged? Do you think they find out the long-term deal? I think they get a long-term deal done. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll see. That's one of those ones that's like right there on the border. I wouldn't be shocked if he does, but I won't be shocked if, you know, they get the deal done. Um, I know that, you know, offensive line is a priority for Coach Rivera. So they, they, they really want to want to make sure that they get that one done. That's just tough with, you know, a guard. It's just tough to, uh, you know, kind of do that. So. Definitely. And especially with all the guards around the league that seem to be on the block or maybe going to be getting cut. Um, are there teams? So one of those teams is the Jaguars uh, with what Andrew Norwell and, and they could cut him and save, I think it was 14 million or so in cap looking like they'll have a hundred million dollars in cap space, but just the teams that are really in a good spot, the top five or top 10, whatever, Washington being one of those, who do you think is really going to be a big spender though? Cause obviously having a lot of cap space doesn't mean you should go spend it all. Right. I don't think there's going to be a lot of big spenders on this particular this particular market. I think Jacksonville is probably the leader in the clubhouse for that. You might see the Colts okay. uh, spend a little bit of money here or there, but uh, just because now that they've got a uh, Wentz, they, they need to make that push. Uh, so, you know, I, th I think that uh, the Jacksonville, though, you could see them spenders in the sense that they're going to be short term spenders spending on, okay. on one year type deals, but they'll overpay for one year deals just yeah. because they want to kind of get things set up for Urban Meyer and then be able to walk away from it as they draft and get their guys in. Gotcha. Uh, so so when you say spenders like 
in terms of the volume of money spent like this year, I think it's Jacksonville in terms of overall, like, like long-term money. I don't know that Jacksonville is necessarily going to be that big a spender because they want to be able to get off money of this stuff quick. They will probably spend a little bit of money on Alex Smith though. Mm, yeah. That's a good, that's a good tip. Okay. Type. Um, so I think Todd, we're going to lead into name the quarterback. So if you want to go ahead with that, sure. Um, Todd will explain it to you. <laughs> okay. So we're going to drop the name of a quarterback and then you just give us their thoughts about maybe this year's prospects, uh, future prospects, you know, like a Dak. So I'm going to just name a name, and then you give me your thoughts. Uh, Deshaun Watson. Um, he's still threatening to sit. The Texans aren't taking any calls on him. I don't think – and to be honest, they save money if he sits, and his contract doesn't kick over, so he'll be – you know, he'll still be in the short end of his, his extension. Yeah. I, I think he ultimately shows up because they give you bad advice to set out that much money. Um, and I don't think the Texans are really keen on trading him till after this season anyway. So my prediction right now is that they trade him after this season. Now, now they, something could change, you know, in the interim, but I think right now they've convinced themselves that, uh, that they're just going to ride. With, if, if he's going to be with them, he's going to be with them. If not, they're going to be so bad. They get the draft picks next year. They're going to be at the top of the draft, um, you know, and, and load it up and, and trade him then. So, um, my gut says Texans. If he gets moved, Jets or Bears. Okay. Russell Wilson. Seattle. Okay. Jameis Winston. I, I think I think it's I think he stays with the Saints just just because of the money situation. Like they, they're they're a hundred million over the cap right now. They've got to, they've still got to trim like eighty six million before uh, before next week. It's ridiculous. Um, they, they kept paying with the credit card, and that's what happens. Anytime you like, you, you know, that's the thing about cash rich teams that try to accelerate the cap and all that, and, and then string it along. Eventually, that bill comes due, and it's gross. Um, right. you know, more went through that a couple of years ago. So, yeah, I, I think James stays in New Orleans. We'll see. Okay. Uh, Marcus Mariota. Chicago or New England? Okay. And that's via trade or release? Trade. Okay. Teddy Bridgewater. Ooh. Um. <laughs> After that carousel settles, whatever's left over, um, <laughs> man, that's tough. Um, oh, yeah, maybe Washington. Um, oh, you know, um, I, I really don't have a, I really don't have a pulse on that one, just because okay. there's not really, there's not really a place for him to go. Like, there's just not mm. really nobody. He's that mid-market quarterback that's kind of like too good to just be the backup and too expensive to just be the backup. Right. Not quite right. enough that you're like, yeah, you know what? We're all in on Teddy. Um, <laughs> right. So, you know, that, that, that's the top. We'll put a pin in that. We'll come back to it. Okay. All right. So the last one to maybe be the easier one and the one we spend a bit more time on. He's getting a lot of talk today. Sam Darnold. Well, uh, if John Elway were still running things, I would say Denver. Um, wow. Okay. He was number one on Denver's board that year. They tried to trade uh, two with the Giants, and Gettleman wouldn't do it uh, because he was worried that if he went back to five, Saquon would be gone by four. So, um, <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So uh, that's that's what happened there. Um, so, you know, if, if Elway were still running things, I'd say the Broncos. He's, he may still be the Broncos and have a competition with Drew Locke. But, right. um, you know, I, I think well, – I'll tell you this. I talked to somebody in New York a couple weeks ago, and their plan at the time – well, not their plan, but one of the things they were looking at was just running it back with Darnold, trading back out of two, mm-hmm. getting a bunch of draft picks, you know, and then being right. set up, filling all the holes. And uh, if Darnold doesn't work, you're going to be so bad, you're going to be good enough to draft a, a good quarterback next year. Right. Um, so that that's still that's still on the table. Like they're taking calls. That option is still on the table. Um, my my gut is San Fran. Um, okay. But, you know there 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 are plenty of teams that would be you know interested in inquiring about you know what what it would be as a reclamation project. Okay. And so that the reclamation project part of it, 
there's obviously lots of people around the league who weren't with the Jets who see him as someone who just really needs to get out of that situation. And then there's some people, maybe more people with the Jets or, you know, who cover the Jets who would say they just think he's, you know, not it. But what do you generally hear from talking to people about Sam Darnold around the NFL? Um, same, same thing, you, you know, you normally hear about it. And that is that uh, there's all the talent in the world there. It's just a question of getting him in, uh, you know, in a competent situation. Yeah. Um, you know, he was in a situation that didn't have any protection on the O-line, had minimal weapons at receivers. And uh, his coaching staff was like putting a boat anchor on a Ferrari. Um, <laughs> Adam Gase, yeah. I mean, look, look, look at what happened to Ryan Tannehill when he got out from under Adam Gase. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So like and, and people are looking at that. And they're saying, you know, well, maybe that's what held him back. Maybe maybe the Al-Logan said Adam Gase held Sam Darnold back. He's younger than Drew Lockby by the way. Um, yeah, so, it's, you know, it's one of those things that, yeah, he's only like 20, just barely 23 years old. Yeah. So plenty, plenty of time to turn him around and turn him into something. So there's plenty of people that are excited about that. And and uh, I think that's how everybody looks at it. It's like, Hey, you know, if the jets want to give up on him, cool, we'll, we'll take a low cost reclamation project with high upside like that. Right. And then my last one on Darnold, like you just said, low cost. I know Adam Schefter said something like a first round pick, but that doesn't seem realistic. Where do you have his value realistically? It'd be a second and another pick or um, a second and a player. Um, okay. Like for instance, and I'm throwing this out as a hypothetical, but there's a little bit of, a little bit of smoke to it. Uh, for instance, a deal where the, the Broncos would trade something like Tim Patrick and a second round draft pick okay. um, and, and, and come away with Darnold. So I think something like that, maybe, maybe a little bit more, maybe a two, a seven and Patrick, something like that. But you know, like, like that's, that's kind of the ballpark. Okay. All right. Go ahead, Tay. Okay. And uh, talking about value, we just talked about Sam Darnold. What what are you hearing? I don't know if Watson. We hear so many different things. What what are you hearing? Is the price tag for a Watson or a Wilson? Well, there is no price tag for him because he's not been made available. But I talked to somebody when, when this whole thing was getting ready to like blow up back in January, and I tweeted it out. I was like, the Texans aren't trading Watson, but mm-hmm. uh, I talked to somebody in the front office there, and like you know, kind of asked on a hypothetical, if you were, what would it take kind of deal? And he said three firsts, three seconds, and two starting caliber players. <laughs> um, so, and, and teams will pay it. Like, believe me, teams will pay it. Okay. Um, I'll tell you right. I'll tell you right now. Chicago has been calling, leaving voicemails, um, and, and they're offering Khalil Mack and three firsts and two seconds, and you know, wow. and all kinds of yeah, and another player to be named kind of kind of shit going on there. Right. Um, you know, we'll we'll even throw in Mitch Trubisky. You can have him. Take him <laughs> God. Um, but you know, no, it's 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 um, it's it's just one of those situations. Like uh, because the Texans are so weird about we're not trading him. Like people aren't really ready to open, crack open the book. But that's what it would take. It'd be three firsts two seconds and two starting to pro bowl caliber players. Hmm. Let me put you on the spot. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. What about Wilson? Uh, I don't think they're moving Wilson. I, I really don't. I think that, you know, this is, we were, weren't we trying to trade him this time last year? Like, wasn't, <laughs> wasn't, that, the, wasn't that the thing? Right. Like, I, I talked to, uh, I talked to Jake Heaps who runs um, Russell. He runs his Russell Wilson quarterback Academy. Like he's the head instructor there. And he, he talks to Russ all the time, works in the media there in Seattle. And he doesn't think they're going to move him. He thinks they'll, they'll figure it out. Okay. Uh, I put you on the spot. This is when someone had written down, but just in your, you know, professional experience and opinion, do you think the Texans would be making the right decision by not moving him now while they could get, like you said, what teams will pay for him? Well, yes and no. I, I think they are in the sense that it's creating a controversy that they don't need to have right now because they're looked at as a bit of a bumbling organization. Right. But on the other hand, like he's not going to lose value. Like at the end of this right. year, if he sits, he's still Deshaun Watson. Like yeah. he's, he's still going to be Deshaun Watson. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and a year off to rest the body and everything. I mean, like, you know, I, I don't think that I, 
So here's here's my mm-hmm. thing. If they really are serious about this plan where they're kind of like, you know what, we're going to suck this season. We know we're going to suck this season. Uh, Deshaun can just sit, whatever. Yeah. Um, since they get their draft picks back next year, you know, first rounders and all that, then they could trade them at that point. Now you got multiple first rounders, multiple mm-hmm. second rounders. All of a sudden you're kind of loaded up for this rebuild. Right. If that's the strategy, that's actually kind of brilliant. So that's why I have no doubt that the Texans are not actually thinking about that at all because it's so smart. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. Uh, so can we talk Broncos for a moment? And Let's do it. You know, Drew Locke, he's kind of, you know, he came out with Dwayne Haskins, but he's obviously been better. He's been more on the Daniel Jones train where he's shown you a lot to like, but he's had, you know, you've had some questions about him. So are they looking quarterback, you know, in the draft specifically, but otherwise are they looking, are they in the quarterback market much at all? Yes and no. Um, if Deshaun Watson were to come available or Russ Wilson were to come available, they, they have their, their tiers, you know, top okay. tier, all that kind of stuff. If those guys were to come available, yeah, they, they pursue that. Otherwise, not really. Um, they're kind of like, well, we're, we're not going to just trade for somebody who's marginally better than Locke, you know, right, and that, right, doesn't, right. that doesn't make sense to blow up what we have to get something that's not appreciably better. Um, and so I think the way that they're looking at this is – most likely scenario is they wind up trading for a veteran or signing a veteran to kind of push lock and be competition. And either lock's going to win the job and then go in and win the job over the course of the season, or you're going to be so bad that you're going to be right. in prime position in the draft next year to be able to get the guy you want. I, I really don't think they're going quarterback in the draft. I really okay. don't. Um, okay. If, if it is somebody, I think it'd be a veteran. And I think it would be somebody like trading for Nick Foles or, you know, something mm-hmm. like that. Uh, since he's got experience in Pat Shermer's offense, um, you know, somebody like that, that I think, um, that I think would come in and not, when you trade for them, they're not the unquestioned starter. Like if you trade for Stafford, he's yeah. the starter. Wilson, right. Watson. Like, so if you, if you trade for Nick Foles, it's an open competition. May the best man win. Right, right. Okay. So at nine, do you think they're staying put? Or do you see them more being interested in one of those teams that could trade back if someone wants to move up for a quarterback? I think they very much want to trade back. Um, okay. I think that uh, I know everybody pencils in like Caleb Farley there at, at you know, at nine in the mock drafts and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> yep. And I'm not a hundred percent that they're on a corner in the draft. In fact, I think that their free agent spend aside from re-signing their guys like Simmons and, and Vaughn and, Jel- and Shelby Harris. Uh, I think their free agent spend is going to be on corners. Um, okay. and I, I don't think they're going to be big players in the free agent market, even though they're one of the top five teams in available space. Um, I, th- I think their free agent spend is going to be on corners and then they'll, they'll go to the draft looking to, to fill in some other things. Um, I think in an ideal world, they would trade back and they'd get somewhere back in the late teens, early twenties, and they draft somebody like a Najee Harris. Uh, they can move on from Phil Lindsay at that point. And now you've got somebody who could fill in for Gordon while he's on his DUI suspension, um, right. you know, and, and, and kind of go from there. So I, I, you know, as much as I hate drafting a running back in the first round, I wouldn't be surprised to see uh, if, if Harris is there, if they move back, but George Payton's mantra this year has kind of been, it's my first year, let's build the war chest and then we'll go forward. So they trade back, they get a bunch of picks. If Drew Locke doesn't pan out, well, now all of a sudden you got a bunch of picks going into next year and you can move around and get the quarterback you want. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Go ahead, Ty. Yeah. I'm going to circle back to uh, quarterback. How close was Washington and that Matt Stafford deal? Um, apparently they were right neck and neck. Do you have any information on that? that deal? Um, neck and neck might be, might be stretching a little bit. They were in on it. Um, they, Carolina had, I think the top two offers outside of uh, the Rams and then the Broncos offered uh, as well, but their offer was a lot less. The Broncos mm-hmm. offered, um, let's see, they offered a, a first for Matt Stafford and a third, I think it was. Um, and then the, the Lions countered asking for Drew Locke and um, a first 
and something else and getting rid of giving the third back. And then the Broncos were like, no. So, gotcha. um, you know, I think Carolina had the second best offer. Um, okay. they, I, I'm not, I'm not hundred percent know the details of both offers, but just from people I've talked to, I get the sense that Carolina was way, way more in it than, uh, than, than people suspect. Gotcha. And having that seventh and eighth pick undoubtedly would have been really desirable too. Right. Right. Okay. Um, so we talked about the tag a bit, Robinson, Galladay, Godwin, which of the three, all three are getting tagged you, when you're, are you predicting? Uh, you said Robinson Galloway and I, I mean, Robinson Galladay and who Godwin. Oh, Godwin, um, yep. Robinson probably. And, and, but that, that really depends. Um, I think that depends on, uh, what they, if they get another quarterback in there, if they don't get another quarterback, I think they let Robinson walk and they kind of flush the thing and, and okay. start over. Um, because I don't think they want a Rob in there, you know, <laughs> being upset, you know, right. on a, already on a franchise tag and then being upset. He's got nobody to get him the ball on the franchise tag, you know, kind of thing. So, <laughs> right. Right. Um, yeah, I think that's where that is. Um, I don't think Galladay gets the franchise tag, and then Godwin. Man, that's that's tough. I, I don't. I don't think so. That doesn't. That doesn't. Organizationally, that doesn't make a lot of sense. Like they're not that mm. kind of team that franchise tags receivers. Okay. Um, and and I think they've got an odd man out anyway. You know, because if yeah. you bring if you got Antonio Brown and Mike Evans and Scotty Miller and Chris Godwin, one of those guys didn't catch the footballs. And so, right. you, you know, you got to figure that out. So I, I, I think the Bucks think they've got leverage. I, I, I don't, I'm not hundred percent on tagging him. Okay. All right. That's, that's interesting. Um, go ahead, Tim. Um, top five QBs in the draft this year. Is this the best, the deepest class you've seen in a while? What's your opinion on the top five? Who's the best? Who stands out? Um, I, you know, not really. I, I think that it's, it's a top heavy class. I think there's three guys in this class that could be starters in the league. And then outside of that, there's some, some projects that maybe, you know, mm-hmm. um, but that's, that's the thing. It's like, just because a bunch of quarterbacks get drafted, you know, early doesn't necessarily mean it's a good class. You go back and look at Cam Newton's draft class. And then the next quarterbacks that were drafted after Newton, everybody was like, Oh, it's the best. We got four guys in the top 15 or whatever. The other guys were Blaine Gabbert, uh, Christian Ponder, Jake Locker. You know, right. right. So, so it's just because a bunch of quarterbacks get drafted early doesn't make it a good class. For me, what makes it a good class is if it's deep enough, like viable starters, like not, mm-hmm. not even just high end, just guys that you think could start in the league. And if you start to look, next year's class has got like nine guys that, that might be able to start. Now, they might not be good. You know, like you yeah. might have three guys that are Brian Hoyer, but you know, guys that can start. If, if you can't start, then you're not good to begin with. So it's so for me, I don't look at it as like, you know, these guys are getting all the hype and the run, and they're they're projected at the top. I'm looking at it more like, hey, there's like seven or eight guys here that can start. There might not even be seven or eight guys drafted out of this class. You can have like four or five go in the first round, and then you got like two other guys in this class. Um, so it's, you know, it's, it really is like, and, and even at the top there, I mean, some of those are projects fields is a little bit of a project. He's going to have to go to the right fit. Now he could be something in the right fit, but you know, he, you, the last thing you want is, is like putting him in Seattle's offense, you know, where you're, mm-hmm. you're lining up and running under center and then chuck a deep off play. Like that's, that's not going to fit him. Right. Um, if you, um, like Trey Lance. Okay. Trey Lance has jaw dropping tools. You look at this dude on tape and you're like, man, this dude, but then you got to remember he's basically played 12 games since high school. And that's a problem, dude. Like, you know, and, and, and the 12 games that he played were at North Dakota state where he was beating up on future insurance salesmen. So like, you, you gotta, you know, 
you got to kind of look at that with context and say, okay, wait a minute now, how long is it going to take Trey Lance from being the player that he is to the player that he could be, you know? Yeah. And so that's why I think, uh, and by the way, Atlanta is all over him anyway. So if you want to really? do Trey Lance, you got to go ahead. Of, you got to get ahead of Atlanta. Wow. Um, but that's a perfect situation. You can learn behind Matt Ryan, you know, and yeah. get up to speed for a while and then, you know, and then kind of be good to go. If, if you're a team that needs a quarterback right now and you draft Trey Lance, well, you are in a world of hurt. So mm-hmm. that, that's the thing about, you know, this class and how deep it is and all that kind of stuff. You know, I, I think, um, I think uh, obviously Trevor Lawrence and, and Zach Wilson are going to be starters in this league, um, you know, and, and, and Mac Jones is that guy that's, you know, he's Andy Dalton. He'll be a starter in this league for a decade. Now you might not go to a Super Bowl, but you'll be flirting mm-hmm. with the playoffs every year because he's just kind of that guy. Right. Um, but, you know, Fields and, and, um, and Lance are really the, the, the make or break in this class. Like, do those dudes who have great, great potential and upside, do they ever find that? Or are they just kind of raw tools of guys that, that flame out like we've seen so many of them do over the years? Gotcha. Okay. Uh, so I've got, la- I've got two last ones for you, uh, and then I'll let Tay hit his last ones. Uh, Washington, in your experience with Ron Rivera or anyone in his front office and how they tend to operate or think going into free agency, what do you think their mindset is? Or have you heard anything about what their strategy will be? Um, I think you're, you're looking at probably um, uh, looking at at least one more receiver and, and something more in the contested catch possession type, you know, because mm-hmm. you've got some speed, you got some wheels there. You need one, you need that one guy that's a, that's a third down gimme guy. You know right. what I mean? Okay. Like that's Ron Revere loves that. Just, just find that guy who's got the big body can box out off the slant mm-hmm. um, and, and be that guy. Okay. And then, um, you know, the quarterback position, I don't think they're done there. I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if they were, uh, they got a hold of Jacksonville and brought in Gardner Minshew. He fits, fits what they do. He's, you know, he's kind of that, that kind of quarterback. Um, and I think you throw him and Taylor Heineke and Kyle Allen all in there for um, a little quarterback competition, made the best man win. It's just low cost options, you know, it's cost controlled options. And then you could spend, you know, elsewhere. Um, they've already got the defense. They got that down. They, they got to plug a few pieces in here or there. They still need, I think, another corner. But, you know, other than that, I, you know, it, they're, they're pretty set on defense. It's the offensive side of the ball. They, they got to do a little bit of work on. And, um, you know, I think I don't think they're that far off at all. Okay. So then, and then the last thing is it does have to do with quarterback and I'm again, going to put you on the spot and just your prediction who's starting week one for Washington at quarterback. Um, of the current guys on the roster, man, uh, <laughs> that's tough. <laughs> I know tough. it's like, um, any, it could be anybody. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I mean, like I'll say Gardner just because like, I'll say him, but, okay. um, Oh man. That's tough. I, I, you know, Heineke's got so much upside. If, if they have a little bit of patience with him, he could be something. Mm. The question is having enough patience, and they trust Kyle Allen. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna guess Kyle Allen because that's a safe guess. That is a safe guess. Um, yep. Just because <laughs> they love him. You know, he's, yeah. he's, I mean, he's reliable. You know, he doesn't have the biggest tools in the world. And everybody was stunned when he left college. You know, with it, with another year of eligibility, but yeah. um, they, they love him. Um, yeah, I'll say Kyle Allen, but I would absolutely no name would surprise me at all. Well, I take that back. If Dwayne Haskins were to suddenly come available and come back, like that, that would shock me. The rest right. of them, nothing else would surprise me. Okay, quick follow up. Gardner Minshew, how much would he cost? Not much. Um, you know, he was drafted as like a six rounder. Yeah. So you come back and you offer a fourth and you say, hey, look, you guys cashed in. Here you go. Here's a fourth. You guys, you made out like bandits. Boom. There you go. Let's, let's get on out of here. Okay. Um, I, I think that gets it done. Okay. Gotcha. Tay. All right. So. I got a couple for you. This regime in Washington, it seems like there are no more leaks. Is it is that true? Like, is there, are they very close to the best pertaining um, to what leaks out as far as who they're interested in and uh, quarterback situation? And it feels like previous regimes, they they would go to someone and information would just leak. 
Is it different? Uh, I would. <laughs> I'll say this: the, the people that work there have their favorites, and those people are going to still be their favorites, and it may not be the people that used to be their favorites, you know. And so that kind of stuff. Like I know Eric and Ron, and, and you know Eric Stokes and, and Ron, and all those guys. Like I know those guys from a few years back. So um, I, I would not say that the information has been any less flowing when it comes to, mm. to talking to people there, but. Okay. Um, the local beat may need to reestablish. And that's, that's the thing. Like um, it, local beat writers are always like, this place is tight lipped. And what that means is you just haven't made the inroads yet. To, <laughs> yeah. like, like, it's, it's so funny because like here in Denver, uh, they just made a switch from John Elway to George Payton. Right. Well, you know, my, my source in, in my main source of the Broncos wasn't John Elway. So the information hadn't stopped flowing for me, mm-hmm. but like for other people, it has, you know, like John's drinking buddies, all of a sudden the info, the info's dried up a little bit. And so right. like, that's, that, that's what that means when people say that they're, they're tight lipped. Really what it means is the, the beat just hasn't caught up. Everybody likes to talk, man. You put a couple of beers in front of everybody, everybody's running their fucking mouth. So oh, sorry, I cussed there. I, I don't know if it's family friendly. My bad. <laughs> You're fine. You're fine. All right. So. <laughs> So what is what is the word around Washington front office, like the reputation as far as Mayhew and Herney? And I know you mentioned before that Rivera loves the O-line and the deep in the trenches. Um, what, is, what is the word around the, the, the front office? Like, are those guys well-respected? Oh, very much, very much. Uh, and, and I'll say this, like the word there now is, is core competency. You have a core competency with the coaching staff. You have a core competency with the front office that you didn't always have. You know, the previous front office had um, some, uh, what's the best way to put this, some kind of yes men mentality, you okay. know, in Snyder. You don't really have that anymore. Like these guys will push back and they'll tell you like, hey, look, uh, this isn't going to work. This is what we need. I, I know you, your your son and Dwayne Haskins went to the same high school, but that's not how we draft. So right, right. Uh, like you'll get, you know, you get pushed back off that kind of stuff now. And, and Coach Rivera, I mean, he's built up that cachet in the league. He's man's been to a Super Bowl, almost won it, you know. So he's, mm-hmm. he's I say almost won it, but you know what I mean. He's, he's, uh, you know, he, he's got that cachet, and he he turned Cleveland around. I mean, not Cleveland. He turned Carolina around. You know, they were yeah. they were not good, and you know, he came in there and turned them around. So, you know, I think. Um, I think they built up, I think all those guys have built up enough cachet around the league that they've got pretty long leashes. And, and there's, there's a sense of competency in why it's not, not like uh, you remember how the Raiders were like in the early two thousands where everybody was just kind of a, after Gruden and all them, where it was kind of a yeah. laughing stock, you know, right. and, and Washington kind of had a little bit of that going on. Everybody's like, Oh God, what's Washington going to do now? <laughs> you know, you don't have, now it's like respectable football people. So they're not, you know, teams aren't as hesitant to call because they know they're not going to get something stupid back when they do like, you know, they're going to call about a player. And then all of a sudden you get this, well, we want five first rounders. Well, what? <laughs> you know, like you're not, you know, you're not, you're not going to get that kind of stupid stuff anymore. So I, I think it's, um, I think it's viewed with with a core competency that maybe it previously wasn't. Okay. Okay. And I follow up with name change. What do you think it should be? Oh man. Um, I don't think it should be the Red Wolves. Um, <laughs> okay. Like I, I really don't. I, I liked, uh, uh, somebody did the, the Red Tails. Um, I like, like that one. Airman thing. I love that one, man. I think okay. that was cool. That you could put like a little plane on there. Like, I thought that was cool. Um, there was something. Uh, I, I think um, getting rid of the red motif. I mean, you can still keep the burgundy and go colors, but getting right. rid of the red and the name is, is probably the direction they go. I know Dan Snyder really wanted the Warriors, but is there anything more plain than the Warriors? Yeah, um, yeah I agree. Like, 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 listen, you know, we don't need to rip off Golden State. Um, you know, yeah, for, yeah. For idea. Let's come up with something <laughs> original. So, yeah. you know, I, I think uh, if you're keeping the red motif, like I said, the red tails thing. If not, I mean, there's, there's the sky's the limit, man. Come up with something. Like, sit down there and put it to your put it to your team. Put it to your front office. Everybody sit around and talk about it. who are we? What are we? What you know? What what culture do we want to establish and rally? Mm-hmm. What's our rally? Because that's what a mascot is in the end, right? So, like, what 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 
traits or whatever uh, embody what it is that we want to be as a football team and find that. And I, I, I can't answer that. I mean, I'm not on the Washington beat or anything like that, but you know, maybe I'll call uh, Nikki um, and see what she, uh, Nikki Jabalas. Yeah. Nikki, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so I've got two quick ones and then I'll let you go. I lied. Um, do you have any little stories that may be kind of funny to us about anything you've heard about Washington previously, you know, the last 20 years, just any funny stories about their interactions with teams or anything that you can share. And if not, that's fine. Um, yeah. So that, that story about the draft picks thing, like I was being a bit hyperbolic, but that, that stems from a real story. Okay. Um, there was a player at one point in time that another team coveted and they called to get a price on it, thinking it was going to be like a mid round pick or something. And uh, Bruce uh, basically said it was going to be like two first rounders for this player. Mm-hmm. And they were like, what the, <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, that, that was, um, that was, that's one, that's where that came from. Gotcha. I know a guy who used to play um, there in Washington uh, and he used to tell me stories all the time about RG3 and his dad, um, you know, always being in the locker room and everybody being weirded out by that. Yeah. Um, so that, that's, there's you another one. Gotcha. Okay. And then just your job, a lot of what you do is built on building relationships and, you know, uh, creating sources, people who can, you know, help you in getting information. Can you just talk about, you know, what that takes to build those relationships and, you know, how do you come to someone who kind of knows who you are and kind of knows kind of what your interest is, but still build that relationship and that trust? Um, you know, I think a lot of it is, is like, for me, I fell backwards into this, man. Like I, I, you know, I'm I'm a guy who had a bunch of contacts before. Um, and then I sold my company, you know, served in the military, got out, started the company, sold that company. I was just a bored dude looking for something to do. (laughs) And, uh, and I just kind of fell backwards into this. Um, I, I think most people taking the traditional route with journalism, I think, you know, everybody wants to have info and these guys are constantly getting hit up for that. Right. And so as long as you understand that if you're getting into this to be that guy, it's going to be tough. If you're getting into it to kind of tell the player stories or tell the front office story or whatever, you're going to be much more likely to be able to acquire info. If you go into it with the goal of just getting info, mm. it's not really, it's not really because everybody's going to be like, why am I giving this to you when I could give this to any number of people who want it? You know, what gotcha. makes you special? So right. I think for what made me different was I had info to trade. Okay. Um, that, that's what made me, what made me, I, you know, and that's what everybody uses that term like insider. And I hate that. Cause I'm like inside of what, um, <laughs> you know, like, like I mean, now, well, in fairness, now I literally broadcast my show from inside Broncos headquarters. So I guess I am actually an insider. Well, insider now. Yeah. <laughs> like, prior to that, I always hated that. Cause I'm like, I'm not inside a front office, man. I'm sitting, this is, this is me. We're sitting in my house right now. I mean, <laughs> um, right. So, you know, I think, um, I, I think the, the main thing was having something of value to give. And, and for, mm-hmm. if you want to be the guy who's acquiring info and, and you don't have any info to give, you got to have a service to give then. Right. Okay. So let me tell your story, man. Let me, let me find the ways that, um, you know, the things that you have a problem with or the gripes and let me find a way for you to air them without getting your name attached to it. So we can get this info out there so that you can, you know, you can get some, some people sort of finding ways to facilitate that. And I think gotcha. that's, that's been a part of that. And for me, it's, it's been, a, you know, approaching the players, approaching the agents um, and, and, you know, and doing that kind of thing. And, and having the information on that side of the house is what got me in on the front, on the front office side of the house at different places. Cause everybody's like, okay, how do you know this? Why do you know this? And what can we do to, you know, that kind of stuff. And that that's what opened doors for me was starting with agents. Like, Hey, um, you got such and such players coming out. 
I, I appreciate that everybody, you, you know, everybody's all over this player because they're going to get drafted in the first. Well, you got three players over here that are probably like day three undrafted guys. So let me tell their stories and get them some mm-hmm. run. And, gotcha. and that, that's what that's where it started for me. And then starting with like the uh, the assistants in these agencies, like, you know, it's, yeah, start working the assistants and all right. that kind of got stuff. you. Got you. Okay. Everybody's trying to work Todd France and Dave Mulligetta and, you know, and all these. everybody's yeah. trying to work. Yeah. Well, you're not going to get in there. They already got <laughs> a circle, dude. So yeah. get, in, get in with their assistants. And as they come up, they're going to bring you up and rising tide raises all ships. Got you. Okay. I love that last uh, thing you just said there. Thank you so much for your time, Ben. It was great talking to you. You clearly love what you do and you are very good at what you do. So thank you for just taking some time with us and I'm sure it'll be crazy a couple of weeks for you. So before that, I hope you have a great couple of weeks and hope it's not too crazy for you. Yeah. 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 Anytime guys. All right. Thanks. Save big on brunch for mom all in the Kroger app. Get 16 ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.